right, Galatians chapter 5. We continue our series in Galatians. Of course, we know the theme so far is um, Paul deals. Someone crept in and had an element of works salvation. Uh, these are churches that should know better. They were taught by Paul. And uh, as uh, an introduction, even in Galatians chapter 1, in uh, verse 6, he even said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into grace of Christ unto another gospel. And uh, so we, and we'll come back to that part of the passage in a, in a little bit. But uh, so um, verse 1 is... I'm not even sure today if we're going to get through the whole chapter or not, but uh, um, I think we will. But uh, Galatians 5 and verse 1, we've already seen the theme of them arguing over or, or allowed some ideas to get in that they had to fulfill a law. Or sometimes we see it today in our churches, people trying to say, well, if you're really saved, you wouldn't do. Or if you're really saved, you wouldn't... Uh, you know, still be doing, or if you struggle with a habit or addiction or a problem, uh, maybe you're not really saved, or or all these kinds of things. And uh, Paul kind of is dealing with some of that here in Galatians, and uh, say, hey, it's about faith. It's about what you did for Christ. In other words, we'll see a verse in a little bit. But uh, hey, if, you, if you're going to try to obey the law for your salvation or use it as proof of your salvation, then you have to uh, uh, obey every tiny detail of the law. Uh, you have to do everything perfect 100% of the time if you're going to rely on any part of the law. Um, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And uh, so we'll pause here to look at uh, uh, verse 1 for a while. There's a couple thoughts here in verse 1. First of all, how's the idea? It says, stand fast. In other words, that idea of when you take a stand that you're fastening to. Or, or huh, over in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we see a good example of as we look, some people look at this and focus on the part in Ephesians 6 about the idea of a spiritual warfare. And although that's real and it's mentioned, um, the, the, the focus here is actually on what to do about it. And as we are to live in obedience to God in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Before it mentions this, what we refer to as a spiritual warfare, uh, notice it's a get establishing God. Get, uh, be strong in the Lord. Um, before some people like to quote the verse in, in, uh, James, uh, I want to say four, seven off the top of my head. Um, that's how we say resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's only the second part of the verse. That's a good thought. But the first part of that verse, it's submit yourselves therefore unto God. And then resist the devil. And uh, we, we have to understand where our strength comes from. Here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, uh, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
Our power for, comes from God. One of the biggest mistakes that I've seen preached that lead to bad doctrine, which we're seeing in Galatians, or people struggling with victory in their life, or, or, or those kinds of struggles, we try to do way too much in the flesh. Yes, our flesh is a factor. The Bible speaks much about our mind and our heart and how we need to make decisions. And, and, and even in Romans 12, and verse 1 and 2, where, where, where Paul's telling people to, hey, hey, we need to get right. We need to present yourselves a, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. That's not above and beyond to live our life as a sacrifice to God is just reasonable. But then verse 2 goes on to explain how to do it. Part of it starts with by the renewing of your mind, transforming your mind, how you think. But, but your power and your strength and your focus comes from within with the leading of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and letting God work. So it's finally, brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Uh, we, we put too much, hey, even our good Bible-believing churches that mean well and taught and may have some doctrine right and teach, but, but some many times I believe it's unintentional, but they, it still happens that they put too much emphasis on what to do in the power of the flesh and just do things and think they're good. That's one of the problems Jesus had with the Pharisees. And uh, they were doing things right technically by the law. But, but their heart was so far away from God that, that the, the law became their religion. Uh, uh, being a Christian is not a religion. Uh, being saved is not a religion. Uh, but, but truly, historically, even if we follow the word of God correctly, being a Baptist is not a religion. It's, it's hey, we, we got a historical connection uh, to our name and why we're called Baptists and, and, and things we believe and things we fought for based on the word of God. Uh, but, but it's not a religious system. It's the Bible comes first. It's in the in strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Do we get our power from God? The verse eleven says, "Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil." So our power comes from God first. In verse ten, now we start putting on the armor of God so that when the devil attacks us, we can stand. Notice it does not say fight. It's not my job. I don't have the strength to fight the devil. I don't have the power to fight the devil. But if I use God, let God's power work in me and I put on God's armor and I put on, on what God says to do, I can stand and not fall and not, not, not in a sense fail, Christian, but, but uh, when the devil tries to knock me down, I can hold my ground and stand because of the power of God and putting on this armor of God. He may be stand, verse 11, for the, we wrestle not against flesh and bl blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there's a couple things I'll just mention real quick because it's not the total focus of the message today, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Notice I said in verse 11 that we're standing against the wilds of the devil, that we can stand and not fall. It's not our fight, and that's true. Notice here even it implies fighting, but that word uses the word wrestle. That's not a fighting word. 
that, that's a con, there is a contest there. The devil's trying to knock me down and through the power of God and God's armor, I can take a stand and not be moved. Is it, That's a whole different than me taking an offensive and saying I'm fighting the devil. And uh, so we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world. We had spiritual wickedness in high places. So we see that Satan is a prince of power of the air, and that we see that through Scripture, and has control and the spiritual darkness, the wickedness in high places. Um, I, I, it's not, you know, as a Christian, I, I've, I've said before, Christianity isn't necessarily compatible with the world system of governments. Uh, um, that doesn't mean that I'm against government. Throughout the Bible, God did establish an element of government structure and how to do things so we can live in society. Uh, um, the, so that structure by itself is not necessarily bad if it's done right. The problem is, notice it says here that that uh, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The problem is, is there's wickedness in much of those leadership positions. And when they're driven by that spiritual wickedness and, and their self and their own flesh and people want power and they're governing wrong, according to people like to quote Romans chapter 13, verse one and two, uh, you go to two and three and four and read that. Uh, the government shows the government's responsibility there. Um, so it's that we're wrestling against that spiritual wickedness. And uh, so it doesn't mean I'm against an individual person just because they're a leader in government or or I'm against a government system or 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 because we're Christian, we're trying to to uh, take down government. That's that's not what it is. Maybe that go that far way too extreme and don't have their Bible right. The difference is, as a child of God, I'm against, hey, I'm wrestling against. In other words, I'm trying to do what's right based on the Word of God. I'm trying to take a stand for truth. I'm trying to take a stand in the Word of God. And one of Satan's tools is to, especially if they're unsaved and don't have the Holy Spirit in them in the first place, Satan gets in the minds and hearts of people in those high places, in those government places. I'm, not, I'm talking all over the world, not just America. For, thank God when we, America was founded that they had enough sense to put together the Constitution to help protect us from some things. But, but uh, I'm talking worldwide and throughout all of history. Uh, um, it doesn't matter what the government structure is, that Satan uses some of those people in leadership positions and manipulates them and gets that spiritual wickedness. That's why we have a, things like abortion is legal. And that's why we have things like uh, uh, the agenda and people allowing uh, um, a marriage between a man and a man or a woman and a woman and all these crazy things going on in the world. It's because of the spiritual wickedness and, and that we're wrestling against. I'm not fighting. I'm not trying to attack them. I'm just trying to do right. And when Satan uses all his tools to attack us because I'm in the power of God and I'm putting on God's armor that I can stand and not be moved and I don't give in to those pressures just because the world is doing it. And uh, so 
Um, that's what that is. The spiritual wickedness high places. Wherefore, uh, verse 13, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. In other words, I'm going to be able to stand because of what I do in God, not because of what I do in the flesh. Um, I, it's the power of God and the armor of God. Verse 14, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And uh, so that's how we stand. Um, back to uh, where we're at here in uh, Galatians 5.1. He says, stand fast. Therefore, now, now that's the idea of stand. I went to Ephesians to give you the idea of stand. But notice that phrase in Galatians, it says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And uh, I'm going to pause there. There's a comma. There's a break there in that verse. And uh, so stand fast. So what do we stand there? First of all, to be able to stand, our power comes from God and that armor from God. That's where our strength comes from. But stand fast in the liberty. Let's look at some thoughts throughout the Bible and liberty. For some reason, pe people have, have misused and misunderstood. And one of the probably one of the biggest doctrines, I'm not, I'm not going to spend just a little time here, but one of the biggest thoughts throughout history and Christianity and people studying the Bible and especially applying it today with how we live and, and what does it mean between churches and, and what does it mean with our relationship to maybe government or, or other people? What, what is this thing about liberty? And uh, the idea of liberty means I have freedom. It does not mean I can do anything I want anytime I want. Um, liberty is something given, first of all, by God and the Word of God. And, and we're going to see here in Galatians how it applies spiritually, but, but how it applies to other areas of our life. In other words, when uh, we go back in history um, to the found, founding of, I shouldn't say the founding, but, but in, in, in the 1770s and, of course, 1776, when it was sealed and America became its own nation, and we sealed it, and, and, and uh, then, then they rang out what they call the Liberty Bell. And uh, that idea, that it was a symbol of liberty. Well, that liberty came from the idea that we broke away from, from the power of a corrupt king in, in, uh, in England and became our own nation. And it sounds great, we now have liberty. But what the very next thing they had to do to form that liberty was put together our own government. And uh, now they did it with a constitution. They did it to give people more freedoms and, and be able to think for themselves. But that idea, it, what I'm saying is that just because we have liberty does not mean that we can just live however we want, anytime we want, do whatever we want, and, and, and there's nothing else going on. Liberty does have restraint. Now we're going to see here in a while, I'm going to mention this, we'll come back to the Bible in it a little bit, is uh, Galatians 5 explains that self-restraint, if you will, within liberty. Uh, um, so there, there's a difference between somebody, for example, we see all the way back in the Old Testament when the Israelites were in Egypt as slaves. 
And, and other times, you can look at history, a slave does not have liberty. Um, now, some people can get some liberty, some of the passages, I'm not studying it, but as I was looking out through the Bible, the idea of liberty, Paul a few times was given liberty while he was in prison. Or, or in house arrest, or, or with the guard, or the governor gave Paul liberty. In other words, um, you're a prisoner. You're, you're under our custody. Uh, you don't have freedom. But he gave him liberty and told Paul, "Well, you can visit with your friends. Um, you can visit and have correspondence and send letters out." And and he gave so he gave him some liberty, even though he was confined. So liberty by itself does not mean that we have total freedom to just have no rules and no boundaries and live however we want, but it does mean that, that we're not bound by certain things. We have to apply liberty where it belongs. In other words, in America, we have our higher power. People like to go to Romans 13 and think we're just supposed to follow the whims of, uh, of some, a, a madman dictator or, or, or tyrant or people not following their laws or just because it's some kind of civil authority. No, the Constitution is our higher power in America. It was based on Bible principles, the Word of God always comes first, and in America, we have a constitution. That is the higher power in America. And uh, so the, it binds the government. The reason that's the higher power is not because the constitution gives us rights. The constitution restrains the government to be able to take them rights away. Uh, so from, from taking them rights away. So the constitution in America is our higher power, uh, second to the Word of God. And uh, so th those things, when we're trying to make do, and, or, or we talk about a bad law or, or, or try to influence our lawmakers to do right, uh, we're not going against the Bible to try to get them to do the right thing. Uh, we are following the Bible by doing that. And uh, so those things, so th that's just a brief... That's the idea of liberty. So we have the idea of liberty here that uh, we, we're saying, let's look at the Bible and some thoughts uh, about liberty. In uh, Psalms 119, 45, Psalms 119 and verse 45, of course, Psalms 119 is uh, all about the Word of God. And uh, so we're just going to see a couple um, things here, Psalms 119. Verse 45, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. Of course, you can go back and read more. Verses above that talk about keeping God's law and God's judgments. And, and uh, um, so we see here, then we see in verse 45, I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. So he said, I have liberty, but I'm seeking God's precepts. I'm seeking God's way. I'm seeking God's direction as I walk in liberty. Um, verse uh, 46, I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. And uh, so it goes on to explain. So it says, I have liberty, but I'm seeking your God. I'm seeking your precepts and I love your commandments. So liberty doesn't mean that I can just go out and live however I want. People, when we look at Galatians and the theme of Galatians and, and people try to say, well, you believe that you can't lose your salvation. You're just giving a people a license to sin. There's an argument out there by the work salvation crowd. And uh, that's not what the Bible says. Sh sure, I will not lose my salvation, when I, my salvation when I sin. I cannot lose it. God gave his word on it. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Jesus shed his blood 
blood. Jesus died on my behalf. I accepted the gift. I'm on my way to heaven. That can't change. But that does not mean just because I have liberty within salvation does not mean that I don't have to live right. So in Psalms here, the, the, the writer here in Psalms is giving, hey, I, I shall keep verse 44 just before where we read, so shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever, verse 45, and there's, that's what the and is referring to, I will walk at liberty for I seek thy precepts. So we have liberty within obeying God's commandments. And uh, so that, that's the idea of liberty. Uh, Isaiah 61, like this verse, and reason we're, we're going here to show an uh, example, John, uh, Isaiah 61 and verse 1, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek and hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Uh, with that thought, let's go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke 4 is when Jesus was in the wilderness with, uh, and Satan was trying to attempt him. And uh, Jesus just now came out of the wilderness. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. This is Jesus coming out of that time in the wilderness of fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He would be attacked by Satan. And notice, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of the sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Notice the similarity there between this verse of Jesus speaking of his agenda or his purpose on earth and why he is there all the way back to Isaiah 61. And uh, so it is worded, Jesus added a little bit to it, but he's showing that, hey, Isaiah, um, the prophecy knew what he was talking about. And uh, so it's about liberty. And uh, let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And uh, one of my favorite passages describing salvation, as we're looking in Romans chapter 8, and the idea of being adopted. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, I'm going to start for you, have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby you, we cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit of self-bearing witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be pre compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made a subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because a creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And uh, so, we see there, we see the idea 
that, hey, we're adopted when we're saved. We're taken in as a child of God, but it's by adoption. Of course, we weren't born saved. But notice that verse 21 with that thought, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So salvation gives us liberty. You watch people in the world that are that are stuck in and 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 in a places and, and and miserable and they have these these places in their heart with their, their soul they don't know what to do with. Sometimes that's why people fall into sin. That's why people fall into depression. They get too far away from God. It can happen to a saved person, but a saved person has the Holy Spirit, and because of their liberty in Christ, they have a way out. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Of course, it's explaining. First uh, Corinthians written to a, a, ch- a church was having some issues with some carnal things, and they're arguing. Now, in this chapter, they're arguing about um, what people eat, and there were some cultural things that had to do with some meat and food being sacrificed to false gods. Maybe they were with family, whatever. Some would eat it and didn't think it was a big deal, or didn't know better, whatever their growth was. And some people in the church say, "Hey, if you're saved, you can't do that." And uh, so that's the context here. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verse 9, he said, But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. If you, if you read the whole context of this whole passage, you'll find that that, that was the event going on. They were struggling about wh- whether they could or should or whatever about the eating this meat. And Paul clarifies, by the time you read through, he said, I wouldn't do it, and you shouldn't do it. But, but don't judge someone else based on, and as far as their salvation, doesn't mean they're not saved or, or that's a required. He was clarifying the salvation part of it. And that's what he's referring to in the liberty. Uh, um, you can do it. Doesn't mean you should do it. But, but hey, we, we need to be cautious of our liberty. So just because you can do something, and he said to somebody could, could be a stumbling block for someone else, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should either. Now notice he's not clarifying here, he's not saying necessarily a sin, but even if it's not a sin, this is where we get some of our things that we call standards, that we try to be cautious about how we dress and and activities and where we go and interacting with people and, and things in the Christian life we sometimes refer to as standards. Is this is part of the idea? Is hey, our first job is the gospel, and in order to spread the gospel, we don't want to be a stumbling block to others. It's okay for me to live my life with a little bit of restraint, if you will, compared to the world, so that I can give the gospel and not be a stumbling block to somebody searching out the gospel. And uh, so we have that liberty. Also, in First Corinthians, over in chapter ten, um, that uh, in verse twenty-nine. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judge of another man's conscience? So that same idea, if you study 1 Corinthians, and, and, and I gave the example in chapter 8, now we're in chapter 10, and he said, hey, he's still talking about the same subject, because down at verse 31, a couple of verses down, whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all the glory of God. So he's still kind of referring to that same idea uh, on what they're doing. So he said, hey, it needs to be the glory of God. 
He said, just because you have an opinion, in other words, what he's saying here, he says, you can have an opinion, but don't make your opinion doctrine. Uh, don't make your, hey, don't judge my life based on your opinion. Now, there's some Bible principles we can go to. There are some things that are cut and dry in the, in the Bible. There are some things we can make an absolute based on the Word of God. But if it's not, hey, at least explain the liberty. At least explain the, the what is the difference. At least explain the principle and, and what's behind it. I, I have some opinions that are very strong that may or may not be sinful, but or, or things that, hey, I can go at least go to the Bible and say, hey, based on these ideas and principles and, 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 and direction and, and testimony and things throughout Scripture, we can go to certain things and say, hey, it's a really good idea to do put these things in your life. And, uh, but what Paul's saying, he said, hey, we do have liberty. But don't take this liberty to say, hey, I, I, I can do whatever I want. I can live however I want because I have liberty. He's, he's very clear that's not how we live. And uh, we, we get to that here back in uh, Galatians 5.13. I'll just read briefly and move on. And, and uh, we'll, we'll see that when we get back to Galatians in a moment. But uh, um, for brethren, you have been called to liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. So he's very clear about this liberty. Uh, we have liberty, but liberty is not to please the flesh. Liberty is not to take on what you do in the flesh. Liberty is not uh, about getting away with whatever you want. Um, but we do, we do have liberty. Let's go to James chapter 1 as uh, we kind of wrap up this thought explaining liberty with the Bible. James chapter 1. And uh, some people get confused about James and try to either get work salvation out of it or it's not for all kinds of crazy things in James. James is a good book, tells you how to live. You have to understand James is written to the saved people and uh, it's giving some out guidelines on how to live um, with your life. James chapter 1 verse 24 for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner man he was. If you back up <clears throat> I wrote down, uh, let's back up 13 to explain that better. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. In other words, someone looks in a mirror that, that uh, hey, uh, you looked, you got something wrong, your hair's messed up, your face is messed up, you're all dirty. You ignore what you saw in the mirror and you go out about your day anyway and then you forget about it. Um, a kind of description. So, um, verse 25, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any of you among seem to be religious, bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion, undefiled before God is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And uh, so he's saying, hey, the law of liberty is kind of like looking at that mirror. So if, if my face is all dirty, I'm getting ready to go out maybe in public and, and, and I just look and my clothes are a mess, I'm dirty and I look in the mirror, yeah, it's dirty, but, but I turn around, I ignore it, I go my way. He said, that's kind of like what, what living in sin and the liberty. You might be saved, you might be a child of God, 
But hey, your 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 how people see you is going to be ruined. How how your your impact for Christ is going to be damaged. Your your testimony is going to suffer. Uh, presenting the gospel is going to be more difficult. Use that mirror. Hey, I have liberty. I can choose to walk away from that mirror, but I take the mirror referring to the Word of God, and I look, and hey, I need to make some changes in my life. No, I won't lose my salvation, but hey, there's some things I need to look at. Uh, there's some things I, I need to take heed to. Uh, there's some things I need to apply and do. And I'm doing that. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And verse 17, if any man defile the temple of God, um, 1 Corinthians 3, I guess, again, I wrote down the wrong verse, didn't I? Let me check here. Second Corinthians, I'm sorry. Second Corinthians chapter 3. says, now the... Now the Spirit of the Lord, now the Lord, I'm sorry, now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And uh, so, you, you can't just make up liberty. Liberty is not doing whatever you want to do. It's being guided by the Spirit. Remember in Ephesians 6, we saw that our strength comes from the Lord being in us and the power of the Lord. Let His power work in us. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And uh, so it starts with following the things of God. And uh, Galatians uh, chapter 2, I'll read briefly. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 4. We were here a couple weeks ago, but but uh, it talks about the people coming in. This is where, remember, chapter 1 in Galatians was the people, Paul's explaining to people, hey, you should know better. You've been taught better. How are you removed? Who's crept in? Um, who who are, who are hath bewitched you, even used the term at one point, and, and who's giving you this false doctrine? And, and uh, even if it's an angel that says something different, let them be accursed. And so Galatians chapter 2, and, uh, and, and verse four, and that because of false brethren unawares brought in. In other words, false brother, they weren't maybe not even saved and, and come in and came in underwear who came in uh, privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. What an interesting phrase there. What happened is if you study history of church, study history of religion, study the false religions, I'm not talking in depth and I wouldn't waste much time on it, but but do you look at it, true Christianity. I'm talking about people that are Bible believers, the ones of us that can trace the line back through all the persecutions through history and all the way back to where the apostles were preaching and, and what Christ said. I'm talking about real Bible-believing Christians that, that have tried to have it right all the way along and, and, and got it and the ones being persecuted. We're the only ones that have liberty. Notice even in the founding of America, you'll find that as Baptists have brought in religious liberty to America. Um, because we understand this concept. Sometimes we refer to it as soul liberty or individual liberty. Hey, that we can learn, make decisions on our own and be led by the Holy Spirit. And I don't have to be told by a church or a government how to think. 
And uh, that, that's, a, that's a hallmark of true Christianity. It's a big deal. That's one of the things that separates Baptists from almost every other group out there that have ever existed is this idea of having liberty. And uh, so he said, hey, there's people creeping in your church every time someone puts in an element of work salvation. You must say, must turn from your sins to be saved. Uh, or you must join a church. Or you must add baptism to salvation. Or, or, or if you're still doing an old habit, you're not really saved. If you're struggling with getting some victory in your life, maybe you didn't really get saved. Or some kind of judgment on your salvation other than you believed in Christ, what Christ did on the cross, by faith, you've accepted Christ, and you know you're on the way to heaven because you have God's word on it because you accepted his gift. Anything other than that is an element of works and it's trying to take away your liberty and bring you into bondage of some kind of somebody thinks they're better than God. Somebody thinks they know more Bible than God. Somebody thinks they found something God didn't even know about in scripture. And they're trying to add some element to your salvation and a requirement to put you in a bondage so that they take away your liberty because they don't understand liberty. And uh, so that's, uh, that idea of liberty is very important. Uh, a couple more thoughts here on this idea of liberty in First Corinthians, or First Peter, I'm sorry. First uh, Peter in chapter 2. First Peter chapter two. And verse 16 says, "As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God." And you go back and study that passage around it and explain some things about how to live. And so what it's saying is that you have liberty, but don't use your liberty for wrong. Don't use your liberty for flesh. Don't, don't use your liberty for, 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 for life. Use your liberty for what it's supposed to be as servants of God. And uh, th there's a purpose for our liberty. And uh, so that we can do more for the cause of Christ, not less. Liberty is not about trying to get away with things. Uh, liberty is about doing more for God for the cause of Christ and the cause of the gospel. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 19, 2 Peter 2, 19, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants, are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome of the same is he brought in bondage. In other words, they're trying to promise liberty. Uh, they're they're, in other words, most false religions try to take you out of, uh, of that Calder's mood. It's been around for years trying to, um, there's some movements, some things on, online. I'm not going to say where or recommend. I don't want, no need to look it up or, or look at But one of the things that, that people are out is trying to get away from, from, from being Baptist or somehow we're bad because we preach that you should live holy. And if you preach to live holy, somehow you're the one, we're the ones putting bondage on you. 
and, and, and these other places want to promise you liberty when they're actually the ones putting you in a bondage. One of the things I've seen, people that have grown up in a good Bible-believing church get away from God, and they come out and they use the excuse of, of seeing that. Now, now, I understand there's a place where some churches may not have taught this properly, and, 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 and at best, to give them credit, maybe it was a little confusing, and I see people grow up and they get out of church and they think that the church is all the problem and, and, and all that, and, and that's not true because if they were right with God, they would understand what the Bible says and they'd want to live right on their own. But that being said, another group comes along, uh, another church, another religion, something else comes along, pulls you away and say, hey, they're, they're telling you you can't have any fun. They're telling you, hey, you, you can't live, you got to look different than the world. They're telling you, hey, you can only use the King James Bible. They're telling you all these things and they're saying they're the ones putting you in bondage and we're going to promise you liberty. And, and, and uh, so according to this verse, what happens is someone gets, starts believing that and they start working up. And, they, and the bondage, even though in the flesh... They might feel like they have some liberty and they get away from the, from a decent church and, and whether they're going to church or not going to church anymore, whatever their case is, they feel like they have liberty in their flesh. The difference is it's about their flesh and, and, and they feel like they have this liberty. And the problem is what drove them away from those things when, when a church preached the word of God and, and maybe it was about how you give to God. It, and I'm not talking about necessarily money, even though that's a part of giving, but that, that, uh, that our, our time, our effort, our, our energy that we're giving back to God for what he did for us and, 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 uh, and living for God in some manner and, and, and giving and, and saying, and the other crowd says, hey, hey, you can just have liberty. Well, you're saved and can't lose your salvation, so why can't you do these things? And, and you do, and it all becomes, the attention comes on the flesh, and what happens is they start looking at the people preaching how to live holy and say that you're giving, and, and you're looking, and you're trying to keep me in bondage, and they come away, and the truth is, when they leave the Bible preaching place and they leave the, the, the church and the group that's trying to steer them right and, and the people that are trying to help them keep close to God and then the people trying to give them uh, the foundation on how to live and say, hey, they pull away. And the difference is they come under the bondage of a bitterness toward those people and toward those preachers and toward those churches that are trying to steer them right. And they may have, have some liberty in the flesh. In the flesh, I can do what I want. I can live how I want. And oh, it makes me happy and it's all in the flesh but spiritually they're miserable because they've actually become under the spirit of bondage because they're in the bondage of bitterness now and they're in the bondage man I've, I've known people just get crazy defensive uh, you just mentioned what kind of church we are and they get defensive. Or you get, hey, God did this in life, and they want to get defensive. I've been around people in the past that have known better, got away from God, and that idea thought they had some liberty, of course, in the flesh. They were under that bondage of bitterness, and I've been around people, all I did was walk in the room. I didn't even say anything. I was trying to be kind, of, but I just showed up. But they knew what I believed about some things, and that made them angry because of the bitterness they were had. Uh, you know, I have to understand the balance of biblical liberty. Yes, we have liberty. And use properly, liberty is a great thing that God gave us to be able to make decisions for ourselves. But, and that liberty does come 
responsibility. And, and, and in that idea, as we have this responsibility, that uh, we must use it. It says, not as that, that cloak of maliciousness, um, but as we serve God. And uh, over back... Um, I'll read ahead a little bit back to Galatians chapter 5, where we're in verse 1. It says in uh, verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So as we're looking at this idea of, yes, we have liberty in Christ, and it's a wonderful thing, and it's a very important doctrine on how we live, that we have mind and can make our own decisions, but our decisions must be walking in the power of God as we get our strength, as it says in Ephesians um, 6, 10, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. When we put on that armor, as it says here in, in Galatians um, 5, we verse 1, stand faster for and the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So as we just saw in uh, 2 Peter 2 and verse 19, as it goes back here to um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Stand fast therefore in the liberty uh, we just wherewith Christ hath made us free. So we're free in Christ, we have liberty. And then it says, Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. People that want to add all these things as far as salvation. Yes, we need to live holy. Yes, we need to be separate from the world. Uh, yes, there needs to be some guidelines in our life and some guards up. And, 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 and we need all those things. But um, that's not part of salvation. And, and we need to be cautious so we're not pulled again in this yoke of bondage at 2 Peter 2.19 and, and uh, Galatians 5.1 says, hey, it's about standing on the word of God. I have liberty to do that so that I don't become into bondage so that I can serve God freely and have that liberty and watch God work in our life. And uh, with that, let's stand and we'll close and uh, the idea of liberty and... Uh, as uh, we'll, we'll tackle the rest of the chapter uh, next week. But understand that we're to stand. We take a stand for the truth. But we have the liberty in Christ to do it. And uh, that we need to do it and do right because of what Christ did for us so that we're not entangled with that yoke of bondage. Pray, God, I pray that you'll help us. And God, I pray that you'll um, give us strength and courage as, and as we live in your power and, and live in liberty to serve you so that we can do more for you. And God, I pray that you'll help us as this week as we stand in the liberty which you made us free so that we're not tangled with that yoke of bondage so that we can uh, live for you. God, I pray that you give us that strength and courage and, and liberty as we serve you this week. In Jesus' name, amen.